0: You're listening to The Q's Podcast, Episode 47. Welcome to the show. This is a forum where we'll talk to credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. In today's show, we'll explore the state of credit union governance. Our guest for today is Michael Daniel. Michael is founder and CEO of Quantum Governance L3C, an organization aimed at strengthening credit union boards, supervisory committees, and executive leadership teams by providing strategic governance ethics and management assessments and consulting and facilitation. For more information about Quantum Governance, visit qs.org slash qg. This is a special episode for two reasons. One, it announces clear findings of the state of credit union governance. And two, you'll find out how to receive your own free copy of the State of Credit Union Governance 2018. Based on Q's board governance assessment data collected over five years, this report draws five key findings about the current state of credit union governance. Research also analyzes participants' responses in five key assessment areas. Some highlights from my interview with Michael include identifying how credit union boards are performing. What steps credit unions should take to strengthen their governance practices and how to receive your copy of the report. There's so much to discover, so let's go straight to my interview with Michael Daniel, CEO and founder of Quantum Governance L3C. Hey, Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, James. Michael, it is an exciting time right now as you and your excellent team at Quantum Governance in partnership with Q's has just released. The State of Credit Union Governance 2018. It is a very comprehensive report that focuses on the question, how are credit union boards performing? It reveals credit union board, supervisory committee, and senior staff members' responses to this very question. The research also analyzes participant responses in five key areas, including vision, mission, and strategy, board structure and composition, fiduciary oversight, governance and leadership, and the supervisory committee. What's really special is based on the findings, you provide very action-oriented steps, you provide recommendations to help credit unions. Michael, tell our listeners more about the state of credit union governance 2018 and how it came to be.
1: Well, James, we've been regularly surveying credit union uh, board members, supervisory committee members, CEOs, and senior staff for for many years. And for as many years as we've been doing it, we've Somewhat been dreaming about the notion of putting together a kind of state of the credit union governance report. And this would be to both forward our own understanding of what we are seeing in terms of, you know, governance trends and board trends, but also so that we can share the combined results with uh, you all at Q's, our, our friends in the credit union community, our colleagues, and, and clients. And that's what this report really does it's a, it's a summary of data collected by Quantum Governance through our partnership with CUES for the last five years. And it comes from 70 different credit unions in 31 different states. And the asset sizes that we're pulling from everything from uh, relatively small credit unions at the $30, 40000000 million range all the way up to the $5 billion range. And for those of you that might be interested in just slightly more information on the demographics of who we're pulling the data from, probably a, a more than half, about 60% of the credit unions in the data set have assets of $1 billion or more. So if anything, these are some of the high-performing credit unions uh, in the country. 75% of the so of the folks uh, in the data set are board members, not surprisingly there. 12% are senior staff about 7% are supervisory committee members, and 5% are CEOs.
0: And what were your findings?
1: James, it's it's a very substantial report. Uh, your listeners will, will have to download the full report to learn everything that we've learned, but I, I can offer you some of the key findings here. We really have six key findings in the executive summary that I can offer to you and, and offer to everyone here listening to the podcast. And that is, number one, uh, interestingly enough, board members and CEOs frequently differ on their perceptions concerning governance. Board members and CEOs differ on about 84% of the survey's key questions, which means, of course, if my math is right, they agree on only about 16% of the questions that we asked. And uh, that, that's quite amazing, particularly when you, when you think about board members and CEOs that have been together for uh, a good number of years which really uh, leads us to finding number two, and that is is this divergence between board members and CEOs. Their perceptions change as time goes by. And based on tenure, interestingly enough, as time goes by, board members have a more positive view of the governance of the credit union. As time goes by, CEOs uh, with long tenure tend to have a more negative view view of the governance of the credit union. So this is a a major finding that's worth exploring uh, even more deeply in the years ahead. We also found finding number three is that the larger credit unions, as I foreshadowed before, have better results when it comes to matters of governance. 18 of the 21 key questions that we asked board members and CEOs of credit unions, you know, with the assets of about a billion dollars or more, those credit unions would, would say that they are doing a better uh, job at, at governance and have better governance practices than smaller credit unions. Now, it is a perception scale, but we've also crunched this with the statisticians to such a degree that we can, that we, I think we are comfortable saying that there's a very strong correlation here between the notion of being a larger credit union and having the ability to really do governance and pay attention to governance uh, a little bit more robustly. The fourth finding is that credit unions that don't undertake a, a kind of comprehensive assessment may receive a slightly skewed perception. And what we mean by that is this. There's all different ways of actually looking at the governance effectiveness of your credit union, of your board, of your supervisory committee, and senior team. And you can do it, let's say, really simply by uh, your own internal survey or even using an external survey. But one of the things that we've learned, it was, it was a surprise to us, but now in retrospect, perhaps not a surprise, is that when people do just a simple survey, they tend to rate themselves higher, uh, perhaps artificially higher, than when they don't when they do a comprehensive assessment, which is a survey, interviews, document review, perhaps an observation of their board meetings and the like, people seem to take a much more realistic view of their governance practices. Uh, And so, again, this is something that we will be studying in the years ahead, but we're worried about this kind of rosy effect, that when people just simply just take a survey and nothing else, The numbers seem to be skewed artificially high, and that's a concern. There's a couple of other findings that we have that I think your members will be interested in and perhaps will not be surprised at, and that is, one, respondents are very concerned about recruiting for future board members. This is really a concern, I think, throughout the entire credit union field, but attracting the right people to serve on the board of the future about 46% of respondents in the survey said that their process, their effectiveness in finding, recruiting, and nominating new talent is only adequate or less than adequate. And these are these are low scores on the survey. So nearly half of the boards put themselves all the way in this adequate or less than adequate status. That's a real concern for the future. And last but not least, our sixth finding is that We looked at this notion of trust within credit unions and just 27% of senior staff and 25% of CEOs, so about the same level, reported that their boards were very effective at building a leadership culture of trust. This is quite different than the board members themselves who said that uh, 44% of them were effective at building trust and indeed 53% of supervisory committees said that they were effective at building trust. And so there's a pretty large gap there of 20 to 25% that we really need to understand as far as organizations building trust.
0: So this is a state of the state report for governance. Michael, what does this all mean for today's credit unions? I mean, what steps should they take to strengthen their governance practices?
1: Well, I think there are a good number of steps that they could take Uh, Frankly, uh, I think some of those steps are as as varied as credit unions themselves, but based on the findings in the report, we do recommend that credit unions begin with at least these five core steps. And one is to really uh, genuinely prioritize governance excellence at your credit union. Don't take it for granted. Don't do it just the way you've done it for the past good number of years or even decades. You know, if you haven't been taking governance really seriously at your credit union, it's really time to do so. If you have been, it's still perhaps time to kick it up a notch. You know, whether you're functioning at governance 101 or all the way up perhaps to 601, it's time to find out what either governance 201, if you're operating at 101, or if you're operating at 601, what 701 looks like for your credit union. You've got to keep stretching. While many of the results in this report give cause uh, for us to, you know, stand up and cheer, there also are some, um, some reasons for some real concern. Eliminate any, you know, perception gaps also between your board, your supervisor committee, and the senior staff. If we know one thing, it's this. You know, gaps between the board and the senior staff will eventually be a pretty uh, destructive thing. And so we highly recommend a strong constructive partnership between the board and the Supervisor Committee and the senior staff, and they've got to work collectively together to govern and lead the credit union. There were, in our data, so many gaps in the perceptions between the positions that it surprised even us. It should be a concern to credit unions. We We need to learn more about that, all of us do. And then make sure you really have a plan for both board and committee rejuvenation. Board, supervisor committee, or audit committee, if that's what you have, as well as the other committees of the board. You know, it's funny, but the longer a board member serves, the more positive his or her perception is. And that's that's great, and that's good, but could that mean that sometimes long-serving board members don't ask the hard questions or might be a little bit more reluctant over time to ask some of the hard questions. And we, we've got to look at making sure that we are asking the hard questions at the committee level and at the board level. Also just focus on what we would call the credit union's leadership culture in general. This is probably recommendation number four, and that is, is while you may be spending you know a lot of hours ensuring that your board members have requisite training or your committee structure is in place and all of that, Don't forget that building a positive board culture, it takes time and really a kind of conscious effort, conscious cultivation to ensure a positive outcome with culture. Sometimes people will say culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I think that's one of the things that was reinforced in the survey itself. And then last, not least, something we've mentioned in some other venues, but it's interesting how I think the data in the report really reinforces it, and that is, is One of the most important things, if not the most important thing, that credit unions can do today is to make sure that you have a governance and nominations committee. Over the years, nominations committees of credit unions have morphed, you know, first into board development committees and now what is considered to be, I think, the best practice of having a governance and nominations committee. If your credit union really doesn't have one at this point, we think it's behind the curve and you you need to get one. and, And we think fast. Today's governance and nominations committees are charged to address board roles and responsibilities, composition, the knowledge and learning that the board needs to have, the effectiveness of the board, leadership succession. And we think this recommendation is so important that a sample governance and nominations committee charter has been provided as an appendix to the report because we think it's a major finding.
0: Now, Michael, you're just touching on some of the findings of this report. What's the best way for listeners to get a hold of it?
1: Well, I'm, I'm happy to say that uh, Quantum and Q's have made the report available free of charge to all the Q's members. Because of the relationship with Q's and being honored to work with Q's all these many years, we wanted to make sure that the report can be downloaded and downloaded for free by Q's members. You can do that by visiting the Q's website. If you're not a member of Q's, uh you can still access the executive summary for free. We're happy to provide that. You can purchase a full copy of the report for $99. So we're really, really uh, excited to put the report out there. We think it reinforces a number of themes that folks have talked about and instinctively thought about but it's nice to have a kind of strong empirical grounding now from credit unions throughout the country. And indeed, the report does point out a number of strengths, but again, it points out a number of concerns that all of us should be looking at carefully to make sure that we can strengthen our credit unions and indeed the entire credit union community in the future.
0: You're right, Michael. This is big news, and I will share with the listeners how they can access their copy of the State of Credit Union Governance in the outro of this podcast, so stay tuned, listeners. Michael, thank you so much for joining us and taking time out of your day.
1: Great. Thanks, James, and thanks to Hughes and, frankly, to all of the many credit unions around the country that
0: made uh, the report possible. We'd like to thank you for investing your time with us today. I'm happy to say that Quantum Governance and Q's are making the report available for free of charge to all Q's members. You can download the report, The State of Credit Union Governance 2018, right now by visiting the Q's website. Those credit unions who aren't members of Q's can access the executive summary for free and purchase a copy of the full report for just $99. To learn more and download your copy, visit q's.org slash governance report. Again, that's q's.org slash governance report. For more talent development from Ques, visit Qs.org. That is C-U-E-S dot O-R-G. If you're a Cuse member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit Qes.org slash membership to learn more. Qes is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Ques can help you realize your potential, visit Qes.org today.